has used many different words in the Quran to describe our basic relationship with him. One word is Imam, one word is Islam, one word is Deen. And there's a reason why Allah Subhanahu has used basically, principally these three words. And there's another one or two words that I want to discuss through the words with you today. First thing is this word Imam. In Arabic language, almost all words come from a root, a source, which is made up of three letters. So this word Iman has come from the root Hamza Mim Nun Atmatna. And what does Iman mean? It's related, all the words that come from the same root, they're related to one another. So Iman is related to Aman. Aman means to enter a state of peace, purity. Sanctity, sanctuary. Iman means that that feeling that a person takes in their heart, that there is only one Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that puts them inside a state of aman. This can be understood in many aman again, men, peace and security. This can be number one, obviously, now they are aman from the fire of Jahannam. They are aman from the fire of hell. They are aman from the difficulties of the day of judgment. They are in Aman from the Azan, the punishment from the grave. They are now entered into the state of Aman. They will also be understood in this world that they will get peace of heart. They will get contentment of heart. They will get serenity, tranquility, contentment of heart. They will enter into Aman because of their Iman and Aman. Just like sometimes you find a person in this world and outwardly there is some difficulty that has come upon him. He's going through some tough time. But he seems very relaxed. So you ask him that, you know, let's say, for example, he has a very tough court case where has some big enemy, hostility, enemy, envy, enmity. But you see, he's sitting very relaxed. So you asked him, why are you so relaxed? You're going through such a tough time. He says, oh, it's okay. My dad will take care of everything. Or my friend, the governor, he'll take care of everything. He relaxed because he knows he has a relationship with someone and due to that relationship with that someone he knows he is an Aman. He knows he is in peace and security. Just like the Abd when they have Iman in their Rabb, just like when the human servant and slave has Iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he enters into Aman. He's relaxed. Relaxed. Now let me show you, let's start with hadith. So one very well-known hadith, narrated by Imam Bukhari and Imam Muslim is that the angel Jibreel came, long hadith, I'm going to mention one part of it to you, that the angel Jibreel, he came, and he asked Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam a question, number of questions, one question was, what is Iman? And Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam responded, 
that Iman is to believe in Allah SWT, believe in all of the prophets and messengers, to believe in all of the books and scriptures, to believe in life after death, resurrection, hereafter, the divine decree, the good in it, the bad in it, etc. Okay. Now I ask you, how many of you think that did the Prophet did he answer the question? Did Sayyidina Rasulullah answer the question? Raise your hand if you think he answered the question. Raise your hand. Do you think Sayyidina Rasulullah answered the question? So if you're not raising your hand, you mean you don't think he answered the question? I ask again, did Sayyidina Rasulullah answer the question? Okay, no, he did not answer the question. What was the question? The question was, what is Iman? So the Prophet in this particular hadith did not tell you what Iman is. He told you the things you have to have Iman in. He didn't tell you what Iman in English, sometimes people turn to Iman as faith or belief. The Prophet didn't tell you what faith and belief, what Iman is. He told you what are the objects of faith, the article of faith, what you should have Iman in. Iman is, in other words, the Prophet answered the question was, what is Iman? And the Prophet said, Iman is to have Iman in Allah SWT, the messengers, the books, the epidemics, etc. And this is acceptable completely in Arabic, because in Arabic actually they have different ways of defining things. That's the language. In English, whenever we want a definition of something, or somebody asks you to define something, you always define it by its essence. In Arabic we call it hakikat, it's mahiya, it's essence. But in Arabic you can sometimes define something by defining what it itself is, Sometimes you can also define something by defining its object. Sometimes you can define it by defining its subject. Sometimes you can define it by describing its sifat, its characteristics. So Sayyidina Rasulullah made a perfectly acceptable answer in Arabic. But for us in English, we're still left with the question, what is Iman itself? Right? Those are the things to have Iman in. You understand? So now I will show you actually, and it's important that you learn this lesson. That any time you want to understand anything in Deen of Islam, you can never understand it from just one ayah or just one hadith. And many times people will try to convince you, they will take one hadith and the whole understanding they want you to have based on that hadith. So what you have to do, let me explain to you in simple terms what the Islamic scholars did, they will build the workshop. What does the workshop mean? So what's the question in front of us today? What is Iman? How will we answer the question? You have to put in the workshop, put on the table, every single ayah, every single verse of Qur'an where Allah SWT mentions the word Iman, or Mu'min, or Mu'mineen, or Amanu, or any word related to Iman. <laughs> then you have to look at the tafsir, a commentary of every single scholar of Qur'an on every single one of those ayahs. Then you have to go to the Sunnah. And you have to take every single hadith in which Sayyidina Rasulullah talked about Iman. Then you have to look at the hadith commentaries. And you have to look at the commentary of every single muhaddith hadith scholar. What was his explanation and commentary of every hadith scholar and every one of those hadith? Then you have built the workshop. Then you will roll up your sleeves and you will dive in. And then you will swim around and then you will get some understanding of what is Iman. That's the way knowledge in our deed works. Very different from just plucking out one of these and telling it to you. Hmm? Now obviously I cannot build such a big workshop for you in a small talk, right? Not go through all the ayahs, all the tafsir, all the hadith. It's important for you to know how it should be done.
you know, when we were in Madrasa, Imam Bukhari, had gathered some hadith, not even every hadith, just some few hadith on the topic of Imam. And it took us in the Madrasa two months to go through them. Two months means six days a week, one hour a day. One hour a day every day, or one hour a day for six days a week, for two months, just to go through those few pages, few pages of hadith. So that's how we study in the mother's so Let's go back, so I will show you a few hadith. First, I will ask you the question now that um, we call this Rumal. Alright? Okay, let me do an easier one. How many of you have Imam that I'm wearing glasses? Raise your hand quickly. How many of you have Imam that I'm wearing glasses? Raise it high. How many of you have Imam that I'm wearing glasses? Okay, no, you're wrong. Wrong? You don't have Imam that I'm wearing glasses. You have something else that's called Mushahada. And let's look at Quran now. Remember part of the workshop is Mushahada. Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, the very first time he brings up Iman in Quran, what does he say? Alladheena yu'minuna Those who have Iman in the unseen, unseen, unproven, unascertainable, unfathomable. This is not ghayb. You have Mushahada. It's another word. You have Mushahada. You have eyewitness that I have blessed. Now we can try something else. How many of you have Iman that I have a bottle of ithar in my pocket? Um, raise your hand if you have Iman that I bottle of ithar in my pocket. So they say in English, the faithful are few and far between. Many of you just met me for the first time. Who knows, am I honest, am I trustworthy, am I a liar? So we reward the faithful. Yes, this is unseen. If you believed I had ithar in my pocket, without seeing it, without it being proven to you, that is called Imam. Now look what Allah SWT did. When you want to adopt Imam, this Arabic language will teach you so much about Ardeen. When you want to adopt Imam, when you want to start Imam, what is the word Allah Ta'ala used for that? Shahada. Shahada. What does that mean? Take Mushahada. So the Mushahada is for the scene. What is Allah Ta'ala saying? That at the very beginning, when you say, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and Ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you should believe in it, without unseen. You should call it shahada, you should believe in it as if it is seen. You should have so much yaqeen in it, you should believe in it so strongly, that the word Allah Ta'ala uses for this is shahada. Believe in the unseen as if it is seen. This is why Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala what he used to say, that even if I was to see Jannah, and I was to see Jahannam, it wouldn't change me in any way, because I already have yaqeen in them as if I can see them. And that's why then the ulama, they used to call this aynul yaqeen. Ayn, actually as if a person was seeing it. So that's the real meaning of shahada. To believe in the unseen as if it is seen, that is the meaning of Iman. So one eye in the workshop, bil So what does Iman mean? Iman means to believe in the unseen as if it was seen. 
Now go back to the hadith. So Allah, the Prophet said, and what is Iman? To believe in that unseen Allah subhanahu wa as if you see him. To believe in all of those unseen malaika angels as if you see them. To believe in all of the prophets and messengers who are unseen to you as if you see them. To believe in all of the books and scriptures Allah Ta'ala revealed that was unseen to you as if you see them. To believe in the day of judgment and the life hereafter and the resurrection from death. All of that is unseen but to believe in it as if you see it, etc. That's what Iman is. This type of Iman this is something that we don't have. We don't have it. You know, one of the most basic aspects of Iman. Basic aspects. Our friend Yahya is here. And we think of these different courses they have in England. One big problem in England, and we keep telling everybody this, Oh, even more important, Saad Raja is here. Right? In England, they love to have courses which they call Akida course. Love it. Like the first thing they want to teach you. And what did you do in that? Instead of teaching you what Iman is, they want to teach you who the Ashris, who the Maturidis, who the Ataris, who the Anbalis, who the Salafis are. You don't even need to know those five words until you have learned your Iman. We don't even know our Iman. We don't even know first grade level Iman. I'll show you. So I have children also. So what is it that we tell our small children? What's the basic thing we tell our small children? Number one, we tell them that Allah Ta'ala is watching you. Allah Ta'ala sees everything. Huh? He is Al-Basir. We tell our children that Allah Ta'ala hears everything. He listens to everything you do. As-Sami'ah. We say that Allah Ta'ala knows, He's aware, He's Al-Aleem, He's Al-Khabir. We and you don't even have that basic level. We forgot this lesson many times. Every time you sin, means you forgot that Allah Ta'ala was looking at you. Every time you sin, means you forgot that Allah Ta'ala was aware of you. Every time you sin, means you forgot that Allah Ta'ala was knowing what you were doing. It means the basic, basic Imam, we lost it. We need to build it, we need to strengthen it. It's become weak. Our Iman and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's basic attributes. And you will see today, what do people do? When is it that they sin? They sin when they're alone, when nobody else is watching them. Hmm? Don't they think that Allah Ta'ala is watching them? Hmm? Ignorant of that. Careless of that. Mindless of that. Heedless of that. So what does it mean? That's what they need to know. <laughs> they need one day intensive, one day course, on the fact that Allah Ta'ala is al-Basir, and he's al-Samir, and he's al-Aleem, and he's al-Khabir. When they sin, what do they do after they sin? They try to make sure that nobody should know about it. Huh? They try to hide their tracks. They may lie to cover up their sin. They may delete their files and history. Huh? What is it that they want after the sin? Before they sin, they make sure nobody's looking at them. Nobody's listening to them. And after sin, they want to make sure that nobody will ever know about it. But they forgot their first grade level of Iman. Allah Ta'ala Al-Aleem. Maybe you could successfully even hide the sin from every one of creation. Maybe no one in creation will ever know. But what about that one Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala? He knows. person doesn't care about that. Sometimes even the person views it like I successfully pulled it off. 
I did the sin. I did. I pulled it off. I looked at the girl walking down the street. Nobody saw me look at her. And even she didn't know I looked at her. Hmm? I stole a glance. That's what they say. Allah Akbar. Huh? I stole a glance at her on the cube. No one saw me do it. Nobody knew that I did it. Get happy. Hmm? And I can get foolish also. Then he tries to steal a second glance. Hmm? Gets foolish. You don't have her basic iman. Forgot Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Same boy who can rattle off to you about all those other names of all those different ulama. <laughs> Same boy has forgotten the names of his Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You think on the Day of Judgment he's going to be asked about tell me the names of all the ulama who lived a thousand years ago and what were the 90% things they agreed upon and what were the 10% things they disagreed upon. You think he'll be asked about that or he'll be asked that I was Al-Aleem, what did you do? You knew I knew. I was Al-Basir. Did you realize I was watching you? I was Al-Khabir. Did you know that I was aware of you every moment? Why did you feel that? That's what will be asked on the day of This is real Iman. First and foremost thing about Iman is a person remembers and feels Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't feel Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything else is secondary. Now this word deen, deen. Deen in Arabic comes from dal yanun. Another word for example related to this dain. Dain means alone. Actually, this whole life on earth has been given to us by Allah Subhanahu as a law. Sometimes, for example, when you go to rent a car, they didn't say, right? They give you a car on loan. And then they make you sign an agreement. They have rules as to how you will use that loan. So many miles, so much radius, no damage, etc. Right? When they give you the loan, they give you instructions on how you can use that and return it to them. So, Dain means that Allah SWT gave this life to us on loan. What does it mean? It means that when every human being will enter into Akhirah, every human being will live forever. In that living forever, they will no longer have any choices. A person in Jahannam cannot now decide that they want to be good. And the person in Jannah will not be able to decide they want to do sin. The choices will be finished. That's actually what me and you will be. Real human life is forever. But what Allah Ta'ala did, He said, Okay, I give you 10, 20, 40, 60, 80, 90 years on loan. And in that loan period, you will be given the ability to choose and do whatever you want. I will give you guidelines that if you want to use this loan according to my pleasure and bring this loan back to me according to my pleasure, that is called Deen. Deen is the way to conduct that Deen. Deen is the name of those teachings, how you should fulfill that loan. That's why you see in Quran, Surah Fatiha, what does Allah Ta'ala call it? Yawmuddeen. In English, everybody translates Day of Judgment, right? But deen doesn't mean judgment. We know in English normally you say deen is religion. And nobody says in English day of religion. Right? I don't think any, I've never seen an English translation which says the day of religion. Maliki yom deen. Don't say master of day of judgment. What does it mean? 
It means it is the day when you will bring your day and your loan back to Allah SWT and Allah Ta'ala will judge did you live that life that was loaned to you according to deen or not. Did you fulfill and follow the guidelines or not? So what will happen on that day? So I'll give you an example. Everything will be examined. Every single thing will be examined. I'll give you an idea of a few questions. So one examination will be your eyes. Eyes were given to you on loan. How did you use your eyes? There will be one person there who did not use the loan properly. He used his eyes to look at things that Allah SWT did not want him to look at. He misused the loan. Allah SWT said, okay, it means that you have shown that you are not worthy of this. Allah Taala could maybe take his eyesight away. It comes in Quran that there will be some people who will be made to stand on the Day of Judgment that they will be blinded by Allah SWT. What does that mean? Number one, they will not be able to see Allah SWT. What does that mean? Number two, they will not be able to see Sayyidina Rasulullah What does that mean? Number three, if they really misuse their eyes, they may have to go, even if they're mu'min, even if they have iman, they may have to go into Jahannam for some period of time to get the punishment in order to get that eye back. And they won't be able to even see from which way the punishment is coming. It's part of the punishment of Jahannam. They won't even be able to see the flames coming at them. Why? Because they were given this eye alone and they didn't fulfill the loan according to thee. But it can be another person. It's the same question. How did you use your eyes? And he will be a person. His answer, which is written in his book of deeds, as he used his eyes, which were unknown, he used them according to thee. He used to lower his gaze from the things Allah didn't want him to see. He used to like to look, go to Mecca and look at Kaaba. He used to like to open his copy of Quran and look at the word of Allah SWT. Kalamullah. Huh? He used his eyes, where Allah SWT wanted him to use according to the Allah Ta'ala say, you have shown that you are worthy of these eyes. I give these eyes back to you, but now you don't have to look at the things on earth. I give these eyes back to you, go look at my Yusuf salam. I give these eyes back to you, go look at As-Siddiq, Sayyidina Abu Bakr. I give these eyes back to you, go look at Sayyidina Rasulullah wasallam. I give these eyes back to you, come look at me. And how long will he be able to do that? Forever. <laughs> Forever. He can use eyes to look at Sahaba, to look at Anbiya, to look at Muhaddisin, to look at Allah subhanahu Forever. You use the Lord properly, I give it to you back forever. Allah is Allah. Allah is Allah. He does things the way Allah Ta'ala would do things. Same like that, a person will have next exam will be his ears. Very simple. You may think I'm giving you such a basic talk. We don't know our basics. We want to hear fancy talks on this and that. We don't know our basics. We are not following and we're not feeling the basics of Islam. First time they examined about their ears. You were given these ears on loan. Did you use them according to thee? The instructions, the guidelines that were given to you. 
Maybe this person will say no. Is Book of Deeds will say no? That he used his ear to listen to music. Music. What is music? Music is the foolish, fanciful lyrics of some drugged up addict. That's what music is. Basically, that's what music is. They listen to music. He listened to backbiting. He listened to lying. He listened to gossip. He listened to slander. Allah knows, right? And all be there right in front of him in his book of deeds. Allah calls the call. You're not worthy of the law. <laughs> you weren't worthy of this law. You have to go into Jahannam. And you will go deaf to Jahannam. Allah knows best how long a person will have to be purified in the fire of Jahannam. But again, there can be another person. Come to Allah SWT on Deen. Deen. Yawm al-Deen. Another meaning of Yom al-Din is mean that day on which only Deen will be a benefit to you. The day in which only the Deen will be of any value, any hope for you. So that person, Book of Deen, when his ears are examined, they were used, that loan was used according to Deen. He used his ears to listen to Quran. He used his ears to listen to Adhan. He used his ears to listen to words of Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam. He used his ears to listen to words of nasiha, of muhabba, of dawah, of counseling, of advice, of reminders about Allah SWT. He used his ears only for the truth. He closed his ears to the line. He closed his ears to the music. He closed his ears to the slander, to the gossip. Allah SWT said, oh, you're worthy of this law. I give this hearing and ears back to you. Now you should go. And listen to Sayyidina Rasulullah recite Quran. You should go, listen to my Dalal called Adhan. You should take these ears, you should listen to me, it's in Sahih You take these ears, you should listen to me, Allah SWT, I will recite to you Surah Rahman. Can you imagine? Allah. Listening to Allah SWT. Imagine listening to Allah recite, listening to Ar-Rahman, reciting Surah Rahman. Actually, that's why me and you were given eyes. We are mistaken. We think we've been given eyes to enjoy the sceneries of this world. We think we've been given eyes to look at the beauties of this world. We think we've been given ears to listen to the sounds of this world. No. We have been given eyes to look upon Allah Subhanahu and Anbiya in the next world. We have been given ears to listen and hear to Allah Subhanahu wa and listen to Anbiya in the next world. That's why we have these things. That's just temporary on loan. Deen, to follow the deen. Awesome. So we need Imam, Shahada, Deen. So then what was the name Allah Ta'ala gave this deen? The name of the deen is Islam. Hmm? Now, many people misunderstand this word also. Many people think the word Islam means peace. Islam does not mean peace. The word Salam means peace. Some people think, okay, Islam means submission. Islam does not mean submission. The word Taslim means submission. I told you all these words are related. So what does Islam mean? Islam means to create and bring about peace through submission to Allah. 
Islam means to create salam through taslim. That's what Islam is there. To create inner peace, your own peace, individual peace, by submitting as an individual to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To create family peace by submitting as an entire family to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To create community peace by submitting as an entire community to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the deen has so much power if human beings wanted to. To create absolute peace in all of humanity, both inner peace, interpersonal peace, international peace, through complete submission of all of humanity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Islam means to create peace through submission. What a beautiful way of life. <laughs> what a beautiful way of life. So easy. Just do whatever Allah Ta'ala wants you to do. And you will have peace. You will be happy. You will be pleased. If you do what is pleasing to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. You will be pleased if you make yourself pleasing to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. If you do what's pleasing to Allah SWT, Allah SWT Himself will be pleased with you. That's what Islam is. That's why the Prophet said in the Quran, Inna deena inna lahi Islam. That's the only deen, the only way to fulfill this loan of life, now according to Allah SWT, is Al-Islam. Is it by submitting to every single command and pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and bringing about peace in your life? Such a beautiful deen Allah ta'ala gave us. Imam, Islam, deen. Another word Sayyidina Rasulullah used and the Quran of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used, it is called Ihsan. In fact, the Sadiq in Bukhari and Islam. He asked a couple of other questions, but principally he asked what is Iman, what is Islam, and what is Ihsan. And then when the angel left, Sayyidina told Sahaba that that was the angel Jibreel, he came to teach you your deen. The deen means Iman, Islam, and third thing is Ihsan. So when the angel Jibreel asked the Prophet what is Ihsan, Sayyidina responded, It means it's part of deen. Because the Prophet said that this is deen. The ihsan is part of deen. It's not something extra. It's not Sufi theory. It's part of deen. What did Sayyidina Rasulullah say about ihsan? He said that ihsan is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as if you see him. To worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as if you see him. That you worship Allah Santa as if you see him. Or second level that could still count as Asan is that if you can't do that, if you can't worship Allah as if you see him, then at least you should know that Allah Santa is seeing you. If you can't see him, then at least you know he is only seeing you. How many of us ever tried to think like that? Allah is watching me. Part of deen, it's part of our deen to always think like that. Part of our deen. This is what is called zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Zikr simply means you should always be aware that Allah ta'ala is seeing you. Always be aware that Allah ta'ala is listening to you. Always be aware that Allah is aware of you. 
you should try, try to be as aware of him as he is aware of you. That's what it means to be zakirin. Zakirin, who, who are zakirin? They are those mu'mineen, those believers who are as aware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as Allah ta'ala is aware of them. And we are completely unaware. So unaware. Just imagine, look at this. So unaware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that even inside ibadah we can't be aware of Him. Even inside sajda we're not aware of Him. Can you imagine how unaware a person has to be? How distant they must be from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That they entered into the masjid, they're still unaware. They make wudu, they're still unaware. They stand on the musallah, they're still unaware. They enter, they say takbir tahrima, they're still unaware. They're reciting Fatiha, the word of Allah, Kalamullah is on their tongue, and they say, I still don't think about Allah. I don't feel Allah my salah. Oh, they're reciting His Kalam on their tongue. They're reciting Kalamullah on their tongue, and their heart is still unaware. Their body goes into dhikr, the sadda. Their heart is still unaware. So unaware. So unaware of Allah Taala. He is so aware of us. Comes in Sahih that when a person makes salah, makes niyat and starts to salah, then, how can I explain it in English? It's like you can imagine Allah SWT, a spotlight comes on them. Allah Ta'ala becomes so aware of them is mutawajjid. Means that Allah SWT's focus. Allah Ta'ala focuses his awareness on them. That Allah SWT, that's what he does. When they enter into salah, Allah Ta'ala focuses his awareness on that believer. If only that believer, when he entered into salah, if he could focus his awareness on Allah, and imagine that salah where Allah is focused on believer and believer is focused on Allah. That is that salah that Sayyidina Rasulullah said, As-salatu mi'raj al-mu'min. That salah is the ascension of a mu'min. That type of salah. And could there be any greater tragedy that the believer actually gets the attention of Allah, gets the focus of Allah, that's the wajah's attention. We always want other people to give us attention. We love it if somebody gives us attention, right? This person, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving them attention. And they're still unaware. Gee, has to be a very hard heart to be unaware of Allah ta'ala inside salah. Has to be a very sick heart. Actually, it's a dead heart. Yes, one young man went to a shaykh and he said, Shaykh, make dua for me. And he said, what? He said, I'm worried that my heart is sleeping. I have a sleeping heart. Make dua that it will wake up. And he said, why? Why do you think you have a sleeping heart? So he said, because when you say words from Quran, you say, Kalallahu ta'ala, you say, Kalamullah, tell me some verses from Quran. And you say, Kalallahu ta'ala, you tell me words from Hadith. It has no effect on them. No effect. So I'm worried that my heart is sleeping. He said, oh young man, your heart is not sleeping, your heart is dead. Because when something is sleeping, when you shake it, it wakes up. 
if your heart was sleeping and you heard Allah Ta'ala, Qala Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, it would have woken you up. So it doesn't mean that your heart is sleeping. You should instead you should be more worried that oh my heart is dead. Same thing for us. We can say, you know, Allah Ta'ala has designed Surah Fatiha. Allah Ta'ala has designed Surah Fatiha. Now, Allah Ta'ala is the master designer, right? Allah Ta'ala is flawless, perfect designer. He has designed Surah Fatiha to put feelings in our heart. That's why He wants us to recite Surah Fatiha in our Salah. We are so messed up. We don't go according to design. <laughs> don't go according to plan. We don't feel Surah Fatiha. Give you an example. You take any line of Surah Fatiha. Okay, one line I already said in front of you. Maliki Oh, That should shake your heart. Every time you say it, you should tremble. Who is it that I'm standing in front of? Who is it that I'm addressing? He is Malik. He is the king, the sovereign, the master, the ruler, the master king ruler of Yomuddin, of that day in which I will be judged according to Deen. What is that day? Allah says in Quran, one place Allah says in Quran, Yom al-Hashr, the day He will gather everyone. But another place Allah says that when the Hisab, when He accounts, Furada, they will be called one by one, singly. When they are called one by one, what does it mean? That, that is the day that you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will go one on one. Oh. Can you believe it? <laughs> Malik Deen and you, one on one. Not some judge you're going to go in front of. Hmm? It's not some court you're going to go in front of. It's not some minister, magistrate you're going to go in front of. You and Allah SWT one on one. That's what the feeling Allah wants us to feel when we say Maliki Yomuddin. And we say it. <laughs> we address Allah Ta'ala as Maliki Yomuddin and we don't feel it one drop. Heart's not trembling. So I'm feeling, don't feel Fatah. We should be pros at feeling Fatah. We've recited it so much. Hmm? We've recited it so much, even if we tried to forget it, we couldn't forget it. That's how much it's in our memory. Huh? But we still can't feel it. We can't feel it. So, maybe I'll just end on that. Maybe I'll show you how to fix your salah. Now, that's up me and you and all of us to fix our salah. Even we just, we just talk about Surah Fatiha and one more thing. So when you say Surah Fatiha, what is the first thing Allah Ta'ala wants you to do? I mean, after the Salah, after seeking refuge from Shaitan, right? It doesn't get too long for you. But let's start with Bismillah Rahman Rahim. So Allah Ta'ala wants you to feel that, okay, I'm standing in the Salah, but I'm not doing this in my own name, on my own authority, or in my own ability. No. I begin this Salah in the name of Allah Ta'ala. In the barakah of his name. With the help of his name. That's enough. That's what's supposed to give you himmah. Uh, you know, that's supposed to what you give. Otherwise, it's... How can I explain it? Otherwise, you should feel... The act of praying is audacity. You should, it's 
How dare you pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? That's what you should say. Who, in other words, who am I to try to offer my prayers to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? I'm too scared to offer my prayers. Allah said, no, you start with my name. It will make you relax. You start with my name, it will give you hope. Bismillah. I begin in the name of my Allah. Al-Rahman. Who is all merciful. Who is the epitome of mercy. Mercy incarnate. Absolute mercy. Endless mercy. Limitless mercy. Then you get hope. Then you get hope. Otherwise you wouldn't have been able to speak. If Allah had not revealed that he was Al-Rahman, none of us would have been able to utter a word. That's feeling you're supposed to feel yourself. I'm only able to continue onward in the Salah because I'm mentioning the fact that my Allah is Al-Rahman. And then he is Al-Rahim. What's the difference between Al-Rahman and Rahim? Most people don't even know that. If you don't know what's the difference in the meaning, how will you feel different feelings? You cannot feel the feeling unless you know the meaning. Right? So Al-Rahim, and the ulama have written many, many things about this. Right? I'll give you one difference that I think is most useful for us in our salah. Ar-Rahman means that attribute of Allah Subhanahu that He has all mercy. He possesses all mercy. He is the being of absolute mercy. Ar-Rahim means He sends that mercy down. He showers that mercy down. You see, one thing is the person is extremely generous. The second thing is to feel that He'll be generous with me. So the first thing is, my Allah is Ar-Rahman. He is the being of incredible mercy. And he is Ar-Rahim and he sends that mercy down on me. Now you can speak. <laughs> After saying Bismillah Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim and remembering and feeling about Allah's Father in this way, now a person can speak. Now what were you supposed to feel in your heart? The very first thing you're supposed to feel in your heart after you learnt now that my Allah is Ar-Rahman and is Ar-Rahim is Alhamdulillah. Such an Allah who is Ar-Rahman and such an Allah who is Ar-Rahim from my heart I can only offer hamd to such an Allah. From my heart I can only pray such an Allah. In fact from my heart I can say that only my Allah is worthy of praise. Praise only befits my Allah SWT. That's what it means Alhamdulillah. The first thing Allah taught us in the Quran was that He was Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. And first feeling we were supposed to have about that was Alhamdulillah. Then Allah taught us a second feature about Him. Second feature that was He is Rabbil Alameen. He is Rabb. Third, third feature. First Ar-Rahman, second Ar-Rahim, third is Rabb. Rabb means that Allah Taala is the nourisher, the provider, the benefactor, the caretaker, the upbringer. It means it's not that Allah SWT is absent God or distant God. No, Allah SWT is Rabb. He's near. He's close. He's loving. He's caretaking. That's why in Urdu they call it Parvar Digar. Parvarish Kandivar. Nourisher, upbringer, sustainer. And who is he Rabb of? Al Alameen. All of the worlds, all of the universes, whether it's human, it's jinn, it's every galaxy, inanimate life, animate life, every single thing is being raised and nourished and guided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
then now the second time what will happen second time you will say Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim first time you said Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Allah Ta'ala is teaching you second time you are saying it from your own heart now you are reminding yourself that Allah Ta'ala is Rabb of the Alameen how is it that he is caretaking how is it that he is upbringing how is it that he is nursing you say again no he is Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim he is doing his Rububiyyat he is doing his tarbiyah. He is doing his nourishing and upbringing out of his infinite mercy and by showering his infinite mercy. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim First Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim you said Alhamdulillah. Then Allah said say also Rabbil Alameen you said Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Then Allah said next thing about myself Maliki Yomindi. Yes, I am going to nurse you, provide for you, guide you. There's going to come a day. Remember that day? I explained it to you that there will come a day when you will be one on one with me. And on that day I am Malik of that day. I'm the master and king of that day. So what does the person feel in response to that? Immediately the person says, well, If you are Malik, if you are Malik, and there's going to be a day of judgment, and while I'll be judged according to deen, then I give everything in my life that is called deen for you. Allah, you and you alone will I worship. That's our feeling. We're supposed to feel that when we say. We're making a pledge from our heart to Allah SWT. Not just rolling off words on our tongue. Now what happens? Now the person's feeling, after they said, Allah, only you, you are Malik, and I'm going to be your Ab. <laughs> you told me that you are my Malik, you are my master, I'm going to be your Ab, I'm going to be your slave. Now what happens? The person's feeling, he feels, well, I just said a big thing. <laughs> what did I just do? <laughs> Am I going to be able to live up to this? Am I going to be able to be true to this? Do I have it in me on my own, on the basis of my own ability to be an abd of that Malik? No way. I'm going to need help. Who am I going to get help from? That same Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. So immediately after saying, what did he say? I'm going to take your help. <laughs> You're going to help me be your abd. I'm going to only and only ask you for help in this means I'm going to turn to your Qur'an and the Sunnah of your Nabi I'm going to te- turn to the teachers of your Qur'an and the teachers of Sunnah of Nabi So he says, And then practically, he asks for the first help. Practically doesn't. But if you say, Allah only you will I turn for help. Allah teaches us what's the first help you need from me. What's the most important help from me? What's the help you need from me five times a day and over 17, 20 times in every rakat a day? And you need it every day of your life. What is the help you need from me? You will need my hidayah. You will need this thing called hidayah, guidance. So I'm not teaching us how to feel. So what the first, very first help is, Ehdina. Here, beautiful. Allah Ta'ala is also showing, don't be selfish. Ehdina, Allah Ta'ala gave hidayah to all of us. I'm not alone here. I'm not a sole, solitary abd of yours. I belong to the Ummah of Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. 
And just like he was concerned with his ummah every single step of his life, Allah Ta'ala, this du'a of hidayah is what you're, Allah is teaching us. That you should feel that this du'a that you will need every step of your life, not only should you feel that you need it, you should feel and share and involve the whole ummah in it. Ehdina. Allah Ta'ala, guide me and all of us. And in guidance, I can't become your abd on my own. This big pledge I made to you. That I'm only going to become your abd. I need your guidance for that. And what is that guidance? Siratul Mustaqeen. The straight path. Very interesting word Allah used here. Sirat and Mustaqeen. Both of them very important words to understand. Why did Allah call it a Sirat? Like I told you, path. Because it means it's something that you now stood on the path because you took him out, right? And now you need to travel on this path. So it implies that in deen of Islam, it's not just that you accept Iman and you're static. You're stationary, no, you have to move. You have to travel. This Allah explains in the Quran, the Qurb, you're supposed to get close to Allah Become more in love with Allah Get more and more and more and more. <laughs> and if you want to travel, everybody wants to travel on a path that is straight. Mustaqim means straight. It means also well-established, well-laid-out. Well-established, well-laid-out, clear and straight. So Allah Ta'ala taught us we should make a die for that. And then Allah Ta'ala in this ayah, at least in Surah Fatah, in this surah, mentions one feature of this path. One important feature. Sirat al-Ladina. means that this is the path of those. And this is not a path in which nobody has gone before. No. This is a path where people before me have traveled this path. They've gotten close to Allah Ta'ala on this path. They've made themselves pleasing to Allah Ta'ala on this path. In other words, there are already footsteps and footprints on this path. And I want to put my footprints in those footsteps. That's what our deen teaches us. Yes. All of deen is like that. I want to put my footprints in their footsteps. Who are they? Those people whom you, Allah Santa, you sent your in'amat, your blessings on them. This Allah Ta'ala explains in another ayah of Quran. That those who are those people who Allah Ta'ala sent his blessings. They are all of the prophets and messengers. They are Siddiqeen, the true followers of the prophets and messengers. Their shahada, the martyrs, the ones who are willing to give their very life for this deen. Their whole life for this deen. And salihin, the righteous, pious believers in Allah SWT. So they're all of those footsteps. You would think it would have been enough, just the Prophet No, Allah is teaching us in Quran that Nabiya Kareem Sassam is the head. But we want to follow in the footprints of all of the Anbiya. Nabiya Kareem Sassam is the head. We want to also follow the footprints of all of the Siddiqeen, like Sayyidina Abu Bakr, Siddiq, Sahaba Ikram, and all of Siddiqeen who have lived throughout the generations. We have to follow in the path of the Shuhada, and we have to follow in the path of the Salihin. Then, last thing Allah taught us in Fatah, that there are also some other people. Hmm? There are some other paths in this world. 
other paths of some other people. And you don't want to follow that. And you'll need Hidayah for that as well. You need Hidayah to follow this one. And you need Hidayah, the Ehdina Sirat, right? You need Hidayah not to follow this one. And who are those? There are two types of people. Ghayrun Maghlubi, alayhim. Not the path, not of those, and not the path of those who have earned your anger in any way. Now the Mufassirun, if some scholars of Quran have sometimes explained this in particular ways, I will leave it open for you. Not the path of anyone who you are angry with. Whoever they may be. Whatever they may be. And number two, not the path that you can say, you're not angry with them, but they're themselves, they're still astray. They're still misguided. They're still astray. I don't want to be with them either. Oh, you have to learn how to feel Fatah. If we could say Surah Fatah with feeling, I even say if you could say it with feeling once a day, not even saying do it every rakat I would love that we could all do it, feel it in every rakat and every salah, but you have to fix your salah one step at a time. Even if you can feel your Fatah once a day, you will find the heart start waking up. You will find your salah getting better. Then you will feel it twice a day. Then you will feel it three times a day. And mashallah, we have so many opportunities. Not asking you to do anything new. If you're sitting in the masjid with me, means you're a person who prays salah, at least sometimes, right? Every time you pray salah is a choice that you want to feel fatah, you want to say it with feeling, or you want to say it without feeling. It's your choice. Your choice. And I give you just one example. Many feelings, oceans of feelings in Surah Fatah. I give you one one feeling for each ayah, right? Many feelings you can feel. But until we make our heart feeling the feelings of Quran, we've not been true to our iman. That's why Allah SWT said, so I end with the same ayah recited in the beginning. That's why Allah SWT said in Quran, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu aminu billahi wa rasuli that all you who have adopted Iman, who have begun this journey of Iman, have true Iman, have deep Iman, strive for Kamal Iman in Allah SWT and the Prophet In this ayah, and again the ulama have written a lot in this ayah, the two types of Iman are being mentioned. One, you can call it bare minimum Iman, nafs Iman, raw material of Iman. And the second one being invited towards is Kamal Iman. Which means all of the attributes, feelings of Imam. Those feelings are in Quran. Shakirin, Sabirin, Mutawakirin, Muhsinin, Mukhlisin, Siddiqin, Sadiqin, Muttaqin, Tawabin, Awabin. So many words in Quran. All of those words, Sabr, Shukr, Tawakkal, right? Asan, Dhikr. All of those are the attributes, the feelings of Imam. So, Ya Ayyuhalladheena Amanu, O you who have professed Iman with your tongue and have accepted Iman with your mind, Aminu, start feeling the feelings that should go along with Iman and start feeling those feelings about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and about Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah ta'ala accept us for true Iman. May He make our real shahada. See, one is the shahada that you accept Iman. And the other is the Shahada that your book of deeds will offer. That was the title of today's talk, True Meaning of Shahada. That's going to be the real Shahada.
One Shahada is our tongue on this earth. And one Shahada is our book of deeds. Start writing your book of deeds yourself before Shaitan and Dinah start writing it for you. And start writing it every day at a time, every line at a time. That is the real Shahada that will happen to us. May Allah Ta'ala accept our Iman. May He adorn our Iman with all of the Sifat of the believers. And may He raise us up on the Day of Judgment in such a state that we are pleasing to Him and that He is pleased with us. Ya Allah, you are our kind and generous love. Ya Allah, you have given us each and every gift since the moment we were born. You gave us the gift of Iman, the gift of Quran, the gift of Deen Islam, the gift of the Sunnah of Nabi alayhi Ya Allah, we wronged our own selves. We've allowed ourselves to become distant from you, unaware of you, unaware of you in our prayer. Ya Allah, we ask your forgiveness for this sin. We wish to change ourselves. We've presented ourselves to you and your masjid. Ya Allah, have mercy on us. Have karam on us. Have softness with us. Be gentle with us. Be kind with us. Be loving to us. Be nurturing towards us. Be overlooking towards us. Ya Allah, Ya Kareem, accept us to feel the feelings of Qur'an. Ya Allah, our hearts have become sleeping. Our hearts have become hardened. Our hearts have become dead. Ya Allah, we are sick and tired and ashamed of our hypocrisy. We no longer want to go unfeeling in our salah. We no longer want to go unfeeling in our fatiha. We no longer want to be unfeeling in our salada. Ya Allah, we ask that you remove all of the unlawful loves from our heart. Remove all of the unlawful lust from our heart. Remove all of the unlawful feelings from our heart. And Ya Allah, we ask that you increase our heart love for you. Love for Quran. Love for Deen of Islam. Love for Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam. Love for his Sunnah. Love for his Sahaba. Love for all of those who love you. Love for all of those who love him. Love for all of those who are beloved to you. Love for all of those things that are beloved to him. And Ya Allah, put in our heart a dislike a distaste, a repugnance for anything that is displeasing to you, anything that is against your commands and wishes. Allah, if there's anything in our personality, anything in the way we think and what we do that is even slightly displeasing to you, Allah, we make toba from it, we wish to flee from it, Allah, we make us in such a way that we are pleasing to you. Ya Allah, you are the changer of hearts, Allah, change our heart. Change our dead heart. Make us your sincere and loyal and loving servants and slaves. Make us your true, obedient, devout and devoted servants and slaves. Yalla, make us the sincere followers of Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam. Make us loving for his sunnah, loyal to his sunnah, steadfast on his sunnah. Ya Rabbi Kareem, Nafs and Shaitan, they keep tricking us. They keep making us go into sin, and we keep making toba to you, and we keep going back into sin. Ya Rabbi Kareem, have mercy on us. 
Send your kalam on us. Take us out from our life of sin. Take us out from our ways of sin. Purify our eyes. Purify our tongue. Purify our thoughts. Purify our hearts. Ya Allah, accept us for this deen. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Rabbana, Ya Allah, we make dua for the Ummah. Ya Allah, all over the world people are going for Hajj. They're saying, Labbaik, Allahumma Labbaik. Ya Rabbi Kareem, accept the Hajj of all of the Hajjaj. Grant each and every one of them Hajjim Makbul, Hajjim Mabrur. Accept all of their duas for this Ummah. Make this season of Hajj a season of change for the entire Ummah. And Ya Allah, accept each and every one of us as a member of this Ummah. And all of the du'as and all of the hujaj make for the ummah, except it in our behalf as well, except it for us as well. And Ya Rabbi Kareem, all of those in our ummah who are oppressed, who are distressed, who are downtrodden, who are needy, Ya Allah, send your special rahmah on their hearts, send your special mercy on their hearts, soothe their wounded hearts, be tender with their sad hearts, Ya Rabbi Kareem, give them solace, give them contentment, Give them victory wherever they are. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Rabbana tukamma minna innaka anta sameer alim. Wa tubu alayna innaka anta tawabu rahim. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala habibihi sayyidna Muhammad. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Bi rahmatika ya arhamana.